Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today I have Jared Duckett from Duckett Lad CPA and Advisors. You guys are out of Missouri, which I'm I'm a big fan of right up the road. Jared, I would love to hear the origin story of you and the firm and how you got started and and where you're going. There you go. Well, first off, Eric, appreciate you having me. Um, I love that intro question, you know, kind of go through your journey. To be honest with you, Eric, we could probably create a um, five or six series podcast um, episodes around the journey and what not to do and what to do and learn from your past mistakes, right? But short, I'll give you the short version. So I basically came out of school, came out of college around 2005, give or take, um, jumped out and looking for jobs all over the place, ended up at a very small firm. It was actually the second location of another firm, right, in Springfield. Mm -hmm. And my partner, now Bill Ladd, was kind of started it, if you will. He broke up from a bigger firm. They put him in this firm and said, hey, let's start this location. I was the first hire as an intern, to be honest. In college, I was kind of doing some stuff, you know, 20 hours a week. And so long story short, jumped in with Bill. We grew that location up in Springfield, actually added another location in northern uh, Northwest Arkansas. Um, so we got to about three locations, um, 75 people, give or take. And then that was in 05 to 15. And then 2015, we had six or seven partners and we all just decided we have different visions, different mm -hmm. ways of doing things. We just decided to just split all three offices up. Um, and to be honest with you, that was probably the best decision we've ever made. Um, nothing against those partners or anything, but it just allowed us to get, I'm going to use the word sole ownership of the Springfield location and really just do things differently. And that's where we really started going into the niche-based dental market, if that makes sense. Because mm -hmm. before we were generalists, because if you typically think about a CPA firm, right, they do everything. Mm -hmm. They do personal tax returns, they might work with restaurants, they might work with um, hospitals, nonprofits, and do all kinds of different services. And that was the generalist. And we turned it on a dime and said, hey, we're gonna go deep in something Took us a couple of years to realize what that would be in dental. But then around 18 or 19, we started going deep on dental. And so we really changed our services. And a big thing we did differently, I think, is how we look at our team, team culture. Um, I say we're not a typical accounting firm. I'm sitting here wearing shorts right now. I mean, we're just different, right? Nice, yeah. Um, different in a good way. And then we go in dental for about four years strong. And so now we're a dental specific CPA firm. All our clients are dentists and that's uh, that's our mission to help our team members and clients get better. And we love working with dental practice owners. I, th I think we went on a similar journey in that now we were always dental specific, but I will tell you, I, I think there's some nuances in specializing around dentistry, around what their supplies should be. And I, I think, you know, for me, benchmarking is so powerful. And, and if you have access to these, other accounts and these other people that you're talking to, you do get to see what they're earning. You do get to see how they're classifying different, different R and D items and how they're getting technology and all the things. And I, I think it just adds so much more value to a client. At least I know on marketing when we can speak to what's happening in the industry, but also what other clients are doing and bring it to bear for, for that specific client. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think it's really powerful. Now, what led you to dental? Why not optometry? Why not legal? Why not, you know, real estate? Yeah, I get that question a lot. Um, I cut my teeth on real estate from 05 to 15. We got deep into real estate and um, it, it, it wasn't, I guess I'll say it this way. It just, we were doing a lot of tax and audit work. 
mm-hmm. compliance type work. To me, I, I guess I'll say it this way. It just wasn't fun. It really wasn't firing me up like going and auditing somebody or doing a tax return. I'm not going to lie. We do tax returns. But really, in the accounting industry, I, I think it took me 10 years to realize you actually can make somebody's life better. That sounds extremely cheesy. I get <laughs> it. You can make somebody's life better by consulting with them and allowing them to see what they need to see in their business in order to make business decisions to make their life better. I use the term all the time or the phrase, um, you, we want to help dental practice owners create the business that supports the life they want to live. Mm-hmm. And so we had a handful of dentists we work with realized, Hey, we, we can understand the dental industry in and out. It was fun. That's the key word. It was fun. Going to work should be fun. Right. Yeah. And just said, Hey, let's go get more. And then once you get into dental, you know, this, once you get in, you just go deep and it's, mm-hmm. it's a small, it's a big yet small community. Um, and that's the fun part. You know, if I'm sitting there talking, I use the analogy all the time with my clients of a, an airplane and it's kind of a, I don't know if everybody's heard of Gino Wickman, maybe in traction, mm-hmm. but he talks about the airplane a lot. And when I'm talking to a prospective client, I always ask them, you know, they're the dental practice owner. You're flying your airplane, right? Ask them a couple questions. Where are they going? Do they have any idea where their destination is? A lot of people are like, no, or maybe they know it in general terms. And then I ask them, well, okay, that's where you're going. Where are you at on your journey? And they say, well, I'm about halfway there. And I ask them how they know that, right? And that sort of thing. And then I ask them the most important question I think every single dentist practice owner needs to know is what are you looking at on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis to know how you are in that airplane? Because if you think about that, you're in the cockpit of the airplane. If you ever sneak up there like, and peek in there, right? I'm not an aviation guy. All kinds of gauges and things <laughs> and stuff they're looking at. I'm not saying you have to look. I'm a simple guy, right? I'm not saying you have to look at 50 things. You need to look anywhere from 10 to 15 things on a monthly basis to know how you're flying. Because if you're not, if you don't know how you're flying, you're probably not going to end up at that destination. So that's where we come in. We want yeah. to show you what to look at because they're the ones that need to make the decisions. The dental practice owners. We just put the gear, the, the gauges in their face. This is where you're at and you can course correct along the way. That's what we do. Now on that thinking, what, what are the top two or three things that you think a practice owner should look at in a month? Yeah, it's a couple things. I mean, we break it down into eight categories, but I use, I always use the deserted Island scorecard, which is if you're on a deserted Island by yourself, sitting in a little tiki chair or whatever with a, a, a drink and every day somebody comes in and gives you a little card says, this is how your practice is doing. And I know all you guys out there, your gals, dental practice owners are like, well, that can't be true because I got to be in there working. Well, I get it, but hypothetically, right? Mm -hmm. So you have all associates that are working. I mean, I would want to know, first off, what is your production per full-time equivalent? Okay. Because that tells you, right? Okay, you got five or 16 members, whatever. Are you producing enough to provide for the team. And it's kind of reverses engineers, what your overhead is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if you got one practice that's generating, let's just say $15,000 per month of production per FTE, full-time equivalent, they should say that. And you got one a doctor over here that's doing $20,000 per full-time equivalent or 25 per full-time equivalent, pretty much costs some somewhere, you know, a level out. 
that 20 to 25 is going to be doing more production, of course, which should generate more profit. Mm -hmm. now, so that's the first thing I always want to ask. And, and you get there, I guess, by just taking your collections or your production, whichever your your choice of, of, of you know metric yep. is, dividing it by the number of employees in the same period. Is that correct? So you'd say that's a quarter million dollars in, in monthly production divided by 10. Right. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. That's it. To kind mm -hmm. of see if you're producing what you need to be producing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? That's mm -hmm. the number one thing I would want to know in my practice is I got this many people to care for, if you will, that I'm paying. Am I producing enough to provide for them and then provide for yourself afterwards? Yeah, I laugh. Um, it's funny. In agencies, that's actually a really important metric is uh, revenue per FTE. Yeah. Yeah. We, that's one of the metrics that Andre and I look at is on a yearly basis or really quarterly. We'll look at, uh, it's not so much accounts because accounts can be wildly more complex or easy. Um, but we do look at revenue per FTE as a really good indicator of not only our overall health, but when to hire, because we know yeah. that if, if we're in the quarter million dollar, uh, range per FTE that, that, you know, we, we now have, you know, more capability to, to, we probably need to grow that that might be a little mm -hmm. bit unhealthy. In fact. Yeah. yeah. Well, new patients too, I'll say is a big mm -hmm. one that yeah. we like, you know, for all, for all our, our consulting clients, especially every month, we, we kind of want to show them what, how many new patients they brought in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it goes back to that airplane analogy. What's their destination? Well, it, it, what's the old phrase? If you're not growing, you're dying, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some people are like, well, I don't need a ton of new patients because I don't want to grow that much more. You always have to bring in new patients because the number one thing I find that people don't look at, let me tell you, if it, I'll see if you agree too, but everybody's looking at how many patients come in the front door on a daily or on a monthly basis, right? Mm -hmm. You got 41 new patients this month. Always looking at the front door. They're not turning around and looking at the back door and realizing all those clients that are falling off the 18 month window. So we want to look at net patient attrition. You brought in 41, but you lost 25. So you're only up 16. Right. So what can you do? Generating new patients is great. I mean, that's what they marketing mm -hmm, and everything, mm -hmm, you know, that's mm -hmm. what you need. But how are you going to keep them in the door? That's where you got to really dial down your processes and procedures, make sure they're coming back. Providing good service is number one, right? That makes people come Absolutely. back. Marketing or it, nothing can fix poor operations or poor patient experience in the practice. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. So new patients is a big one. Yeah. So production per FT and new patients, that's the, the, the two top ones that you look at. Yeah. A lot of people look at, you know, production per hour and other things, mm -hmm. but I, I, I do think if you looked at revenue per FTE, that would give you a really good indicator of overall health and and be able to benchmark from quarter to quarter that's great now you talked a lot ab about the kpis and, and and indicators you're looking at how are your practices doing in 2023 what are you what are you seeing out there in the space right now yeah i would say it this way at the beginning of the year i'll say maybe late january into <laughs> february a lot of our fee for service um uh, dental practices or ortho maybe especially we were starting when we were talking to them, we we're starting to, they were using words like, man, it's, it seems like it might be slowing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we always like to stay out in front, you know, recession probably is coming, right? The economy is going to take a dip from where we've been. Right. When is that? That's the question, right? You can feel tightening spending or the spending tightening up. In my opinion, I think you can just see that in the data. Mm -hmm. um, so we thought there might be a, a 
slowdown kind of starting. But from what I'm hearing from our clients, especially in May, they're having really, really good months. Now I know summer's here and kids are out of school, you know, pediatric of course ramps up in the summer and that sort of thing. Um, but I'm not seeing really a slowdown in production. What I'm hearing, and of course this is a no brainer is just increased costs with inflation. You know, my yep. costs are increasing. It's tightening up. You've got the perfect scenario. I should say the imperfect scenario of costs rising. And if you're a PPO practice reimbursement, you know, rates are staying the same, if not getting pinched. So it's kind of this going on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how can you um, go back to your gauges, right? You gotta be looking at that stuff in order to course correct, but it's just, it's get a little tightening on the spending side. It's just increased costs. Yeah. I think when you look at uh, last year, summer was rough for us in, in marketing. And I, I think in new patient acquisition, because um, I think I, I read a, a, a study somewhere that said during a normal summer period in the working population, there's one in 10 employees on vacation at any given point of a summer. Mm -hmm. Last year it was two in 10. So, so roughly 20% of the population was in some form of vacation on at any point in the summer. And that, that's a massive, uh, uh, like sort of, sort of evolution of practice this year. We're actually seeing it lower because travel is so expensive right now. And we're seeing lower travel, more state staycations and, and more kids in camps. I, th I think, you know, most, uh, overnight camp enrollment and up is up this summer and things like this. So, um, I, I agree with you on the, we're, we're, you know, we're seeing, a uh, uh, higher cost and, and some lower spending. I do think we will see more kids and more people get into dentistry this summer than we did last year, just because of how the, the vacations tend to shake out, uh, there, at least that's kind of what we're projecting this year as well. But I, mm -hmm. I agree with you. We started slow and most of our offices picked up around March and have had, had a fairly strong Q2. Yeah. 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 And I expect it. The, the question is, will that continue throughout Q3 and Q4? That's kind of the big question. You know, will it tighten up or will it not? If I had a crystal ball, I mean, it'd be a different story, but again, again, go back to monitor, yeah. try to catch, you get leading indicators and lagging indicators. I'm sure you've heard of those, that terminology of, you know, a lagging indicator is something that has already happened, which is, okay, I brought in 40 new patients, right? Leading indicator is, well, what am I doing to attract those new patients? Am I spending marketing like I should be? Mm -hmm. Am I investing in that sort of thing? And so you need to be looking at both, but more on the leading, if that makes sense, because you got to stay out in front of it. Yeah, what happened happened, and it, it, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure it could have happened any other way. Uh, looking forward is definitely. Now, when it, when a new client comes on, and you know, they, they, you open the books, you, you analyze their tax returns and, and past years. What do you see is the biggest problem out there that the most common problem you see when you take on someone, especially if they've been in a non-dental specific agency, you know, or not mm -hmm. accounting, I said agency, but accounting firm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the number one, you know, I, I riff off this, uh, aviation analogy all the time. My, my team members are like, dude, stop using analogies. I, lo so I love a good, I love a good analogy. That's the way my brain I love thinks, a good analogy. Man, man. Yeah. So I, I think the biggest thing that I see is just they don't have good data to look at, right? And I ask them, if you sit there and ask them the questions, you can see that pretty quick. 
which is number one question I like to ask when I'm talking to a new person and I'm getting their pain points. Why are you coming to talk to us? You know, how can we help? And a lot of times it's, you know, I, I don't have good communication with my CPA and there's no proactivity. Hmm. And I'm saying, okay, that's perfect. And then I say, well, tell me about your practice. The first question I ask them usually once they say, well, this is my practice. This is my production. I ask them, how much do you bring home on a monthly basis? Bring home by meaning take out of the practice mm-hmm. and go mm-hmm. home, take it to your house, right? And, and provide. I, I have no idea. Mm. Like you, you don't know how much money you make on a monthly basis. No. And I say, well, let me ask it a different way. If you didn't own that practice and were an associate somewhere else, would you know how much money you made? Well, yeah. I mean, that's my, my W2. I'm on, you know, percentage or whatever. I said, well, why don't you know now? I say it in a nice way, of course. <laughs> I'm too busy. I don't, I don't, I'm too busy. I don't know how much money I make. So I'm like, well, that's the first thing we need to figure out is what you're making. Because it, it, I'm sure you'll agree with this. The business dictates your home life, right? They're, 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 they're tied together. One and the same mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if the, if the business is frustrating you, you know, which every small business owner does. If it's frustrating you, you're coming home from work and you're like, oh my gosh, and oh my gosh. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't support the life you want to live, right? So we need to dive in and fix that business. Make sure you're making what you want to make. Make sure your dental practice is humming along and your personal life is going to get better. So it's a roundabout way of saying they just don't look at stuff because they don't have good data in front of them to make good decisions in order to improve things. No, I like what you said about changing people's lives. I, I've been there. I mean, this is the second company that, that we started. And the first one was wildly frustrating and it was demoralizing. It felt like an albatross around my neck to use, you know, the rhyme of the ancient mariner. It, 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 I felt like the best I could do is just tread water sometimes. And it, it was just demoralizing. And to me, the most powerful thing that I've done in, in growing our company and living, you know, close to the life I want to live, um, is I've built a team of people that I, that I know they care for me and I trust them. And when they give me guidance, I'm more likely to listen to them. And I think if I look out at the happiest dentist, I know all of them constantly talk about this team of advisors they've developed and they trust them. You know, they're not, they're not in a combative relationship of like, Oh, they're just telling me to make money. Like, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what I think. Cause I, 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 I legitimately want to make your life better. And, and that's something that really resonated with me and what you said is, yeah, I, I chose dentistry similar to you because I felt like that's where I could make the most impact and, and, you know, really enjoy my life. But, but part of that enjoyment comes from helping the people that I work with. Yeah. So that's the fun stuff. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it the is. fun stuff is bringing on a new client, working with them for two to three months and then reaching out and saying, Hey, how are we doing? Have we helped you? That's the thing. Have we helped you get better? Mm-hmm. And when they say, man, absolutely. These first three months have been fantastic. I know what I'm looking at now. You've given me a couple tips to go, you know, talk to somebody on a marketing or talk to somebody on PPO insurance negotiations and fix things in their business. They feel like now they're getting help. And that's what we're here for. That's what you're here for. Yeah. We want to make them better. And that's what gives you enjoyment. That's what gives me enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Talk me through your ideal new client experience. So they, they come to you, walk me through sort of the first, you know, tranches of time period, so to speak of, of, of how 
you get them onboarded and, and how often are you meeting with them? You know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So really, I mean, the first thing you do, you know, if you kind of reach out to us is you've got a great, I'm going to use the word sales team. You know, they're basically solutions advisors. They're talking and saying, Hey, where are your pain points? Why are you coming to see us? How can we help? You know, and we really have everything we do is monthly. That's what we want to do, right? Because that's where we provide the most value, <laughs> as opposed to just being a transaction at the end of the year, doing your tax return. There's nothing good about that. Typically, it's just surprises and uh -huh. mm -hmm. nobody, nobody bats away well. Only bad news. There's no good news <laughs> in tax usually. Um, so that's where proactivity comes in. But we work with that dental practice owner monthly. There's kind of, you know, we're taking the bookkeeping on and we're putting them in what we call the dental specific financial statement format, which is taking those gauges and putting them very easy to look at. <laughs> um, and we're either meeting with that client every single month in a one-on-one -on -one hour long call diving deeper into their metrics, or if you don't want to meet with us every month on a consulting basis, then we send you financial statements and a little more deliverables every month in a video mm. to go along the way. But once we sign you up, we have what's called a 45 day sprint. We want to get you up and running as quick as we can. So that 45 days is our onboarding process. Depending on how much cleanup there needs to be, we want you to get you, get you in a good spot so that then the value is delivered. Um, and then tax of course comes with it, right? So as we're looking at your information monthly, tax comes in usually around two or three times a year to be very proactive. We're doing a lot of those meetings actually next month. We get through the first six months of the year saying, hey, doc, this is where you're at. You're having a good year. Might need to adjust some things, maybe utilize some different strategies. Um, so really a monthly cadence on bookkeeping and the tax issues at least two or three times a year. We're, we work really close with our partners. We're definitely a... Um, quantity or quality play versus quantity mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we want we want really close touch points that's how we can provide impact Man, that that's great jared I, I it's so wonderful to hear i you hear so many horror stories around companies you know i i think the latest thing i'm hearing is around the employee retention credits of you know everyone in the world is promising you know what twenty five thousand dollars per employee and it just it sounds so unhealthy to have some third party, not my CPA do that. Uh, I, you know, it sounds crazy to me, but I know they're, I get asked like, you know, you didn't think about this. You're saying like, man, why are you talking to me? Like, I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm a marketing guy. Like, bro, like, I, I have no idea what that means. Like you need to go talk to your CPA. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, I'm glad that someone's pulling for them because, uh, they're definitely marketed to very aggressively around the business services and, and having someone in the corner is really powerful. Yeah, I got at least me, me personally, I've gotten at least five phone calls in the past two or three weeks from these ERTC companies, you know, trying to, to get me as a CPA firm owner, I guess, to, to look at the tax credit. And I understand the credit, our clients got the credit, but there's a lot of, um, especially around ERTC, there's a lot of uh, aggressive players, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll say it that way, in the industry mm -hmm. that are trying mm -hmm. to yeah, there's a get you a big credit. That's the new Nigerian prince that, uh, that <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But your man, th thanks so much for jumping on the show. Uh, I, I, anytime you're, you're love to have you back and, and, uh, Jared Duckett, Duckett Lad, CPA and advisors out of Missouri. And, uh, thank you so much. I'll, I'll link the website and your bio and stuff into the, into the channel. Yeah. I appreciate it. Eric. We're located in Missouri, but work with clients all over the United States. So definitely appreciate you having me. Yeah. Thank you very much.